Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 14. We're going to start with verse number 16. Then he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent, everybody say one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I've bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot of all of them he's about the only one that had an excuse but he made the scripture that he did make an excuse I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come so that servant came and showed his Lord these things then the master of the house being angry said to his servant go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor bring in hither the maimed bring in hither the halt bring in hither the blind and the servant said Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet, there is room. Man, this is a hard task, Master. This is a, this Master's rough. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways. Go out into the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. One of the most convicting portions of this scripture is what I will read next. And it should charge and challenge us all. That none of those men which were bidden. All of those that had made excuses shall not taste of my supper. 
with the help of the Lord today, I will endeavor to preach to you what I know the Spirit is speaking to the church today. From this thought, who's your one? Who's your one? You may or may not can read that where you're seated. But these words will forever be imprinted in your heart today. You can't reach all until you reach one. You can't reach all until you reach one. Would you just in your own way pray over the word that is about to be spoken. Father, the word that I feel in my heart today. Lord, let me convey what you have given me. For this season of revival and this season of of expectation that I have and we have as a church. May we feel and know. May we feel your presence and may we know the purpose of which you are calling us to. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Somebody say amen. You may be seated if you won't sit down on what God's going to speak to us. Christian, so good to have you home this weekend. Izzy, it's good to have you in church today. Peyton and Noah, y'all slipped in on us this weekend. Sitting by dad. Man, I know dad's happy today. He better not cry when you leave this afternoon either. Brother and Sister Graham, Brother and Sister Brantley, I'm so glad y'all come home off vacation, and we're so glad you're in the house of the Lord today. There's a rule around our house. When my wife has prepared a delicious hot meal, those of you that have put your feet under our table, whether it be at our home or in a, a banquet setting, you know it's some pretty good it's some pretty good cookings. Twice baked potatoes, southern gourmet green beans, sweet potato casserole. Some of that fiesta corn. Can I get a witness, Brother Lockhart? And I could the, the list could go on. But we just got a rule around our house. When the food is ready. She expects us to be ready to eat. Plates in hand because she's worked so hard trying to prepare the food. She don't want to eat cold food. So we've got to be ready to eat. And there's been some pretty heated discussion, uh, pretty heated discussions when I was preoccupied or when a ball game was on. I, I'll be there in just a minute. Or I'm busy right now, or I'm outside working. I'll be there. Uh uh-uh. uh. When the food is ready, you better come running. 
Because we're fixing to eat while it's hot and while it's fresh. We don't want it being left over per se. We want the very best quality of what's been prepared. Do I have any witnesses in this house? You know what I'm talking about. Maybe you have that rule at your house. That's just the kind of rule at our house. And after almost 25 years, Brother Smith, I've learned to respect that rule if I wanted peace to be in our home. Philip Preach about to come on me now, Brother Boss. I cannot help but to feel the Scripture almost had that connotation. The Master had orchestrated and prepared a meal, a supper. I understand it's a parable. I understand he's speaking in in a parable with a with a spiritual emphasis, but. To the person who had worked so hard. To the person who had prepared this great supper. The only thing that was requested was to be there. Be in your seat. Be at the table. Enjoy what I'm going to freely give you. And he told the servant. Get on your donkey. Ride the streets, go knock on their doors, ring the dinner bell, and let them know all they got to do is show up. All they got to do is come inside. But he got to the first house, and uh, I'm sorry, I can't come. Uh, Would you just have me excused? I, I bought a piece of property. Now, I don't know who would buy a piece of property without first going to look it out. You know, check it out, look it over, and you know. Uh, but this man said, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. He's, he's already bought it, now he's got to go see it, and I pray that he have me excused. You know, it's one thing to talk to somebody and invite them to church and invite... I, Bought a piece of property, but I, I, I got to go check it out. This man gave an excuse. Oh, for one. And he went to the next door. Man, I just bought, five, I got five yoke of oxen. And I got to go prove them. I got to go test them out. I pray thee, have me excuse. Oh, for two. Man, nobody... Nobody, man, the, the master's worked so hard. The master's worked and all of his servants have worked and there's a meal on the table ready to eat. But I'm over two and getting them to the table. I'm gonna get my killing when I get back to the when I get back to the house. He goes to the third one. I'm sure that old brother went to the door with sleep in his eyes and probably put on his robes. Who is it? You're being invited to a feast that the master's prepared. And, whoo, brother, you're going to have to excuse me. I just got married and we ain't going to leave the house today. Y'all go on and laugh. But you understand what I'm saying. Oh, for three. Anybody ever felt like that before? Anybody ever felt like that before? He went back to the house and he said, Master, I went and invited them jokers that you told me to go invite. They didn't want to come. They didn't want anything to do with what what you had prepared for them. He said, well, let me give you a... Why don't you go out into the streets, into the lanes of the city and bring in the poor, bring in the maimed, bring in the halt, bring in the blind. 
He went on an evangelistic mission that day. They ain't on the preferred seating list. They not. They didn't make the first cut. Uh, but I'm going into the streets and I'm going into every lane. Uh, the master's prepared food and it's got to be We're not going to throw it out. There's got to be somebody sitting at the table. He got all those in and man, they got, they, there was people everywhere sitting at the table. But the master come out to the dining room and he looked around and there's still empty seats. There's still room at the table and We've got all this food prepared. And we've got everything in order. And there's still room. And he looked at that servant and he said, Go out into the highways and the byways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I come to this church this morning with a specific direct word that a full church is a God idea, not pastor's idea. I'm going to say it again. A full church, a full house is God's idea. God designed this thing a long time ago. It wasn't designed with a bunch of empty seats. But God, in his, in his foreknowledge, knew that what I've got prepared, it's for everybody. It's for whosoever will. The halt, the blind, the lame, the wretched, the addicted, the bound. It does not matter. Because our God, Brother Voss, deserves a full house. I was told a story, Brother Dodd, this week. That one of our presidents was getting ready to give a speech in secret service. Looked out into the audience and saw one empty chair. Secret service went and removed that chair. He said, our, pastor, our president will not speak. To a half full house. I don't care if it's one empty seat. It's getting out of here. Our president is going to speak to a full house. I don't think our God deserves anything less. I said the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is deserving of a full house. Full house of hungry people that are hungry for a move of God. They're hungry for change. They're hungry for deliverance. They're hungry from deliverance from addictions. From those vices that had them bound. But they heard there was a meal. There was food on the table. Hallelujah. Somebody say, who's your one? Who's your one? As I sat, Monday night, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and even Friday. Friday night, we got to witness a full house. When I say a full house, every chair in this building, to my knowledge... Had a soul in it. We had to go get every chair we can put our hands on and put out. And I said, God, you're giving the sanctuary community church a vision 
of what's happening. You're giving us the heartbeat of this parable. That you deserve a full house. You deserve every chair in this building being filled. Because you prepared the sacrifice for us. You bled and died for us. And if one soul were to die and go to hell, that's one soul too many. But as long as the gospel is being preached, as long as there's a preacher in a pulpit, it deserves a full house. That front row needs somebody on it. That second row needs to be filled. That back row needs... I think sometimes we think revival's gonna come a certain way. We think revival's gonna be like this and like that. And I feel in the Holy Ghost to tell you it's gonna come from unprecedented. It's gonna blow your mind how the revival's gonna come. They're not going to look like us. They're not going to dress like us. They're not going to smell like us. But when God prepares a feast, he don't care what you look like, what you smell like, just as long as you're at the table. Just as long as you're at the table. You got a seat at my table. I ain't gonna go out with you if you you got a felony. You been in jail? Come on to the table. Come on to the table. You got a place in here. You need help where you are. We'll meet you there. You want help? There's help at the table. Why? Because there's got to be a full house. Don't you feel the heartbeat of this scripture? He went and picked the ones that he wanted to be there. But they didn't want to be there. How many have we tried? And we've worked. And we begged. And we pleaded. I thank you for the invitation. I'll come next year. I'll come next Easter. I'll come next Sunday. Or next Christmas or Easter or some special occasion. But that old dinner bell's ringing. I said that dinner bell's ringing. There's something going on in Hartzell. The king's business requires haste. There's an urgency I, I, I sense and know in the spirit that's saying we're at a point in our history as a church. We can't wait another week. We can't wait another month. We can't keep saying it's going to happen. But I stand before you and declare the table is set. SEC, there's something happening in the spirit realm. I feel like this past week uh, that we knocked the devil. When he woke up, his clothes was out of style. I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost. There's something moving in the spirit and it behooves us to get engaged and say, God, I want to secure my place at the table. The greatest tragedy to man is somebody sitting in your seat. 
Somebody sitting where you're supposed to be. Somebody doing what you were called to do. Somebody engaged. Because somebody said, I will. I'll go. I'll teach a home Bible study. I'll start a van route. I'll pick up some kids. I'll go knock a door. I'll go to a coffee shop. I'll be inconvenienced to have somebody sit with me at the table. You know, revival's messy. Church growth is messy. You're going to have to get your hands dirty. You're going to have to take some late night calls. You're going to hear words. I tried, Pastor, but I fell off the wagon. I tell you what, won't you meet me at the church? Let's have prayer. Won't you let me take you to breakfast tomorrow? Why don't you let, 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 let's meet me at my house? Let's. I said, revival's messy. But it doesn't matter how messy revival is. It's still worth it, Brother Tim. Every soul, every hour, every baptism, we may never see them again on this side of glory. But what if they go get their kids and renew that relationship with that wife and they come into truth? This thing is bigger than these four walls. I said this revival is bigger than these four walls. It's bigger than West Main Street. It's bigger than downtown Hartzell. But if we can get engaged. I said if we can get engaged with what God's trying to do. This whole front row don't have anybody sitting on it. You know what that ought to do to somebody in this room right now? It ought to drive you nuts. My God, who can I get? Who can I go run? Who, who, give me a name, God, this week. Who have I been working on? Or, Lord, anoint me this week as I drive. Brother Paul, God hadn't quit speaking to people to pull over on the side of the road and knock on a door and say, God sent me to your house. God can speak to your heart while you're driving down the road. You'll pull over on the side. I don't know why I'm here. But I'm talking about an apostolic revival. That when you leave, and when you submit, when you leave, you're, a, you're so sensitive to the Holy Ghost. When God begins to drop a name into your spirit, it's not by accident. I said it's not by accident if John's name jumps up in your mind. Holy Ghost, wherever John's at, I'm praying the prayer of faith. Stir him up. Brother Lewis preached on it Wednesday night. And where I was reminded today in prayer, we're in a convenience-minded world, but we serve an inconvenient God. You think God's waiting on us? Do you think God's worried about us? You think God's worried about COVID-19? You think God's worried about cancer? Oh, no, no, no. He's not worried about it. He's just waiting on you and I to come in agreement in faith. That says, you know what? I may have suffered. I may have been diagnosed. But I still know he's the healer. I may have went through some lonely hours and some painful moments. I looked across this, I looked across the, the congregation today and I seen Brother Jeremy Smith sitting on the second row with his hands lifted with his wife, uh, worshiping him. 
right to tell me he cannot heal COVID-19. He can do it. I said he can do it. He's just waiting on us. We feel this house was with enough needs and enough sickness and enough disease. We're going to see miracles like we ain't never seen before. Who's your one? Who have you been praying for? Who have you asked to come to church? Who have I asked to come to church? And they haven't come in yet. They haven't came yet. You're not going to quit inviting them. You're not going to quit praying for them. But I can tell you what we're fishing to do. It could be that God's trying to stretch us right now. And I know He is. I know what's happened over this last week. God's stretching us. Are we going to go through another week with a half-empty house? Are we going to sacrifice a full house that He, he desires? Or are we going to stretch ourselves and say, You know what, God? I'll invite whoever I come in contact with to taste and see that the Lord is God. I'm convinced that God got angry in our text. I'm convinced that God got a little righteous indignation and said, I've prepared too much food. I have prepared and spent too much time. I must have an audience at the table today. I don't want God reluctantly breaking out the pen or the pencil and the eraser and erasing my name from the invite list and replacing me with somebody else. I want to remain on the invite list and say, God, I'm here. I'm counted for, but I'm not coming alone. I'm bringing somebody. I said, I'm bringing somebody with me. I'm not asking you, Brother Edwin, to go win 20. But I am asking you to reach one. Brother White, I'm not asking you to reach the whole city. But I am asking you to reach one. How many can, how many is, that's a, that, man, I can do that. I got a bunch of stuff up here. We're going to get to passing out some stuff in it. I got some invite cards ready to give out. How many things they can lay this on the table at, at, at a restaurant today? Not just another church. And our church information on the back. Not just another church. What are you doing Sunday? You can leave that in Zaxby's. And somebody find a, an invite to 1149 West Main Street right there. You know, I didn't ask none of these guys to do this. I just want you, this ain't scripted. How many can pass out a sit with me? Sit with me. This could change your life forever. Matthew, I didn't know you was going to be here today. But you're going to help me. The perfect church for imperfect people. Well, when I get it all together, I'll come to church. When I get my life all together, I'm going to come sit at the t- It doesn't matter the condition of where you are right now. It's just long as you can get to the table. Blind, hope, shame, lost, broken, addicted. Just get here.
the perfect church for imperfect people. Something extra to show you God loves you. And I got a bunch. Just walk over there. I, I'm out of the. Everything's duplicated from here on. Sit with me. Sit with me. Sit with me. This place could change you forever. This place could change you forever. This place could change you forever. There's so many up here. After service, you're going to get at least one. Brother Edwin, start giving everybody in the house one of those. Start giving everybody in the house one of those. Start giving everybody in the house one of these. We can split them up. Just those cards they just passed out. Just those cards. Just the ones, those Bible markers. Yes, yes. You're saying, Pastor, you done lost your mind. Brother Wesley, I don't know if you got a picture of that full house that you can throw on that screen. I'm not asking you to reach off. I'm just asking you to reach one. Lift that up. You're going to see this every time you walk in those doors. It's going to be in the foyer. It's going to begin to wake you up in the middle of the night, Brother Smith. Brother Matthew. Who's your one? Well, I want a hundred soul revival. I've prayed it. I've asked God for it. But you know how it's going to start? One Matthew at a time. One Ashley at a time. One Jeff at a time. One Chris. Before long, we're going to say, my God, we baptized 31. We baptized 81. We baptized 100. But it all started with the first one. I said it all started with the first one. Pastor, I, this is a very transparent moment that we must all embrace. When is the last time you've taught a personal Bible study? I'm not talking about necessarily Search for truth, exploring God's word into his marvelous light, rightly dividing the word. I'm, I'm talking just a Bible study where you picked up a co-worker or you met with a co-worker 
in a coffee shop and you just say, let's just discuss the Bible. When's the last time you invited somebody into your home and said, you know what? I've got what you need. Won't you come sit at my table and let's break the bread of life. I sat two weeks ago. I sat two weeks ago, and I'm going to talk about these pictures in a few moments. I sat two weeks, three weeks ago now. I sat with an elder in this church. And I sat with his grandson. And for an hour, I said for an hour, we discussed repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I hear some of you right now thinking, you're not saying it. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're right. Because I'm a Christian. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm supposed to be sharing God's Word. But what if our efforts were multiplied? What if our efforts were multiplied? And if what if I was teaching a Bible study? And Logan, you were teaching a Bible study. Wyatt, you were teaching. Well, that's three Bible studies. That's our one, two, three. Mackenzie, what if, what if you taught a Bible study? What if you got P7 started uh, at your high school and, and you're teaching a weekly Bible study and you're reaching, you're reaching, and you just get one? Matthew, you blessed me today because I was preaching this message and I was asking God, Lord, would you just send at least one from life source to be here today? One that came with that group from Friday night. And here come Matthew in the building. I said, Matthew, you're just not one. But there are souls connected to you that you're going to reach. But it's going to start one at a time. Brother Noah, how many are connected to you? How many souls? How many are connected? It just go start it one at a time. Who's your one? If you have your Bible, Mark, he's got reach one. How am I going to ways to reach your one? Pray for them every day. Make contact daily or weekly. Invite them over for dinner. You see the progressions here? Celebrate occasions with them. I've been clean for 30 days. Come on, somebody. Let's worship. You know how you find that information out? Sitting across a table, drinking a cup of coffee, calling them on the phone. How many days has it been? It's been 22 days. See, I think we done got so saved and sanctified, we forget from where we've been brought from. We forget the pit we came out of. And God's trying to take us to a place of remembrance that we'll celebrate a Occasions with them. 
Woo, this is a good. Mail them an encouraging note. I've been praying for you this week. Thinking about you. Love to see you at church with me on Sunday. You don't know what kind of impression that would be for somebody to receive that note. Build a relationship. You reading these with me? Build a relationship. Find out a little bit about them. Find out what they like to do. You like to hunt? You like to fish? You like to golf? Like to shop? Like to knit? Like to get on Amazon? Come on. Invite them to an SEC event or service. Do you know you're more likely to get them to come to an event and a service if you've done everything else before that? If you've invited them to a dinner and paid for it, if you made contact this week with them, there's people since I've been in this city for 12 years that I've built relationships with them and they never came into this church, but they call me pastor. I see them once a year in that firework stand. But you know what? I'm believing for the day they're going to walk through those doors. Last but not least, when you've done all of that, repeat it. Start all over again. Because when you are about making disciples, when you are about who's your one, it'll get you up every day. Oh, I hadn't talked to Bob this week. Oh, I, Clifford, I hadn't seen you in a week, but I'm so glad you're here today filling that chair. You know what that does to somebody? I belong here. This is my church. I want to be part of the feast that God's pouring out and giving here. You will see pictures of Friday night. And these pictures do not even do it justice. That's just one segment of people. Every section was full. Every section was full. To the point. Pastor, we got any more chairs. Brother Lockhart, I think we got every chair in the house. And there were still people standing up. What it was to me as your pastor, it's a vision of God's church and God's kingdom. As long as there's one seat empty, as long as there's one row empty, it ought to stir us to a place of prayer and say, God, lead me to somebody that needs you. Let me build a relationship with someone that needs you and let them have a place with me at my table. Stand to your feet all over this house. What we're seeing and what we're having happen right now, some of you, it may be blowing some of your, your mind. But God's performing an end time wave of revival. 
because it can't be long with the way this world is shaping up, with the way this world is rocking and reeling from political uprising to, to pestilences and diseases and earthquakes and storms. And when you look at the, when you look at the word of God and you, you see types and shadows, you cannot help but think to yourself how much longer before the coming of the Lord. This type of revival will cost you your agenda, your fleshly desires. But Jesus said, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has cannot be my disciple. I heard in the spirit this morning. tired of you putting me at your convenience I'm tired of you making me wait I'm tired of needing you and wanting you but you will not do my will God has a will for somebody in this house God longs to call you into a place with him but the problem the problem I've got property I've got oxen I've got relationships. When the master calls, everything else pales in comparison. No one living on their deathbed ever wishes that they would have spent more time at the office or that they would have made more money or lived in a bigger house or drove a nicer car. Nobody lies there and says, I wish I'd gone on one more trip or took one more vacation or bought more property or played one more round of golf. No. It's at that time it becomes glaringly apparent that we need to respond to an inconvenient God in a convenience-minded world. In a convenient world, hear an inconvenient God telling you, I need you. I desire to use you. I want you to help someone find me. I want you to find your one so we can reach all. Your one is the missing piece to all they're going to begin to sing a song but before they even start singing God's placing a burden on your heart for somebody and I just want you to slip out of your seat and I just want you to come to this front with your hands lifted and I want you to say God I want you to help me reach my one well I've got more than one pastor make you a list 
there's some of you that you got a long list that you've been praying for. Why don't you target them with this Bible mark that I had gave you? But this week you're going to emphasize specifically on one. If I can reach one, I can reach all. If this house can be filled on a Friday, it can be filled on a consistent basis. If we can have 31 baptized in one week, we can continue that. But the only way we continue that is if there is a continuing flow of people to sit at the table, to be affected by the message of repent and be baptized, every one of you in Jesus' name, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift. There's got to be a flow. There has to be people on our pews that have never heard the wondrous work of Jesus. And I believe that's being birthed in every heart right now. There's children coming. There's families coming. There's senior citizens coming. There's young couples coming. They're coming to sit at our table. They're coming to sit at our table because our God deserves a full house. Would you just lift your voice right now as they begin to sing? I'll say. up an invite card why don't you come to this front and pick you up one I'm just asking you to take one today
you pray for that one? Would you call that one name out in prayer? decision in your heart to turn and you're ready to you're ready to take that next step in your relationship and you've repented and you're ready to be baptized in Jesus name I'm going to do what the book of Acts Peter told he commanded them to be baptized I'm commanding you to step out of your seat come to a watery grave and be baptized in Jesus' name. The Bible says the promise is yours and to your children and to all that are afar off. The promise is the Holy Ghost. That's the meal being served today at the table. That's what Jesus wants you to experience today. Joy, peace, righteousness, in the Holy Ghost. What you couldn't do in your own power, you can do now with the power of God. What you couldn't do in your flesh and what you couldn't say no to, you can say yes to Him. You can say yes to His Word and yes to His will. Walk godly in this present world. I close with Matthew 28 and 19. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Teaching, baptizing them 
in the name. Somebody say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. How many know what the name is? It's Jesus. Father's a title. Son is a title. Holy Ghost is a title. That's not his name. His name is Jesus. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. Peter fulfilled that command in the book of Acts. On Acts chapter 2, verse number 38, he commanded them saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're not a disciple, if you're not, if you're not walking in truth, today can be your day to take a place at the table. God wants to fill your house. I've talked about the parable was filling a natural house. The parable was talking about a natural house. And the whole message that I preached today was, yes, filling this natural house with souls. But it doesn't stop there. It's filling this house with his spirit I am God's house I said I am God's house and God resides in me and he wants to reside in you we are the light we are the salt we can change the world but it will start one at a time I want them to sing this one more time but I want you to link up with someone. Put your arm around someone if it's appropriate. Or join someone's hand. And I want you to make a commitment. You need to tell that person, I'm going to do my best to reach one. I'm going to do my best this week to engage in one person. Brother Terry, who's your one? Brother Josh, who's your one? Brother Jamel, just one. Just one. I don't want you to reach ten. I want you to reach one.